Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to... No, no, you gotta do it over. What? You only said ladies and gentlemen. You know, I'm in between because you see people online who will be like... Because then you get a thing where they're like... Someone says, oh, they're... Oh, they. <laughs> like, I, like, and they. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you know the two... Do you not remember like, the two forms? They're, they're a trans... <laughs> Stand up for this, like, it's like, ladies, gentlemen, and then a full paragraph of introduction. Ladies and gentlemen, both and neither. Attention, all human organisms. Welcome to Last Minute Politics. My name is uh, Pepper Coyote, and I am joined by. Uh, That was the throw to me? That was the one. Oh. Well. Members of species. Homo erectus. <laughs> What's the Lewis Black one? I am meat with eyes. Sentient beings that understand English. Attention. They understand human speech even. You can figure out the language eventually. Hi, I'm Dragor. Uh, I have an announcement that I'm trying to not make sound like a huge giant dour deal, but you'll notice there's yes. only the two of us today, and that is because Zan, long-term contributor Zani, uh, originator, originating member, you would call them, co-founder uh, is stepping away. Co-founder, that's the correct term for it, is stepping away from the podcast to work more on their art. And like we're still going, to, you're still going to hear about them. They're, they are still alive. They are still our friend. You'll oh, still yeah. hear about their projects, but they are. You know, you, you only have so many hours in a day, and they want to spend more on their on their actual thing they do, which is art, animation, and, and other visual media. So you will it's, still hear updates about them. You'll probably still see art done by them on the thing, but you will not hear them as a recurring every single week voice on the show. Yes, uh, this is very similar to. Uh, I had to make a bunch of similar announcements over the past few years because I used to do the gotta staff them all convention thing. I was doing 12 conventions a year, and I was staffing 11 of them. And that was <laughs> that, that stopped being fun long before I quit. And like, it I like immediately. Yeah. <laughs> Not immediate. You know me. It's like the worst job on earth. It's <laughs> like, okay, we got to, like, finding personnel is my fucking nightmare. <laughs> no. So, like, it's always, it's always bittersweet because everyone's always like, oh, but we like you. And like, I like all y'all too. I don't, but at some point, there's only so much time in a day and, Brass tacks, to a certain extent, you can't change how you feel about certain things, and that's when, you know, time and priority makes you make some hard decisions. So, you know, Zan has our full support and love. Zan's been my best friend since 2004, so, you know, that's not going anywhere. So, we have many politics to discuss today. Even, like, only if we just did stuff from the last 24 hours, and I say this every week, even if we just did stuff from the last 24 hours, we have a five-hour show that we could do but i want to distill this to some like let's I, I like we've been doing like an overview so i brought a bunch of i'm, I'm going to be talking about a, a weird a, a tax thing trump did that no one no one cares about unless you're a government employee uh i'm talking i we have a slight update on actually i'll just start with that because it's so short last week we talked about the uh the we i talked about ttfc tales and tales for con yeah. we just we were talking about their charity and since then someone who listens to the show sent us an email with like hey here's some correspondence i've had with that charity for what it's worth here it is and it uh, uh, without getting into the details of it because they're not horribly relevant it kind of just solidifies what we were saying last week where like best case it's a lot of very well-meaning people who are in over their head worst case it's a bunch it's worst case w- less charitable interpretation w- worst of what I case just said. uh tiger king 
criminals. Yeah. <laughs> worst case. You used the reference like... that everyone was hot on for the documentary. Worst case, yeah. Tiger King. God, the it, this is not an excuse. This is not me excusing anything, but it's just the more. I don't know. It seems the more you hear about almost any, I was listening to this big old doc, YouTube documentary thing about Coco the gorilla and talking about all the like, like it seems like most nature preserves. It's not that they're run by evil people, but it's like, oh, we have some kind of government funding. We set up a big thing. The funding goes away and then it becomes Tiger King. <laughs> like that just seems to happen like all over the place over and over and over. Well, and then let's, let's address. All right. Here's, here's my little thought experiment, which. And uh, folks in the chat, feel free to type if you have any ideas. But what you have just described is a core infrastructure and management problem. They get funding, and it is not guaranteed, but the <sighs> facilities and welfare of the animals no, in no way ends just because funding ends. There is no exit yeah, strategies, there's no plans, it's just you don't have funding anymore. So in the Coco one, the funding went away, and it's just like, hi, you have, like, 90 great apes to deal with. Bye. And you're like... <laughs> so, like, what, what, is, what is society to do? Like, in a fully... The worst-case scenario is, like, okay, let's say you are in a limited resources aspect. Everyone has a say in the matter, and your society gets to, we have this facility, and we can't keep it going. Now what? And it's almost like every time you go to do anything that involves not just people, but any living being that has infrastructure and upkeep costs, like, shouldn't a requirement to, before you even start it, have the, oh shit, we have to shut it down plan? Like, something? Moving from, to moving even to humans, like, my bit of experience in the public education sector, group homes. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know much of anything about that topic so can you expand a little bit for mine and others sake who don't fully understand why like you made that reference group homes and at least in the like in the lo very low income area i was teaching in uh, in my first year was like it, it it sounds like oh there's some kind of facility like some kind of fucking professor x school for whatever children now it's just like somebody in a house who's just crammed however many kids and on one end you have get a lot of kids in my house do the absolute minimum get the money from the government to have those kids if you're completely unscrupulous but that's the only thing that like the, the only the incentives are Keep the kids from dying and don't like straight up horrifically abuse them and you get the money. We need them to go somewhere. These are all wards of the state anyway. The state already doesn't really care. Two, on the nice end, you know, you get somebody who actually gives a shit about the kids and you have a, an ideal group home. Usually that also involves more funding. <laughs> like the more, if you're a really rich person who just wants to like, this is my summer camp for a bunch of random kids who need somewhere to live. Like, great. But it all kind of comes down to like the individual just happening to be a good or a bad. Because the core issue here is taking, is dealing with all of these children that have nowhere to go or dealing with all of these animals that have nowhere to go. And our current economic and political system just does not have a solution for that it's like everything else that doesn't have a solution for it if your goal is to like conserve endangered wildlife the first step is to stop creating so many endangered wildlife <laughs> yeah well and what you just you brought up is a thing I, I, i'm sure we've talked about it before but my my gut reaction question is what led us what is missing or what went wrong to require a group home because there are other methods of living, especially 
the more historical you go, the more, I'm going to say this on purpose, communal we are. And that, like, the idea of the nuclear family flies in the face of it. So, like, what? Just because a, a kid, for whatever reason, doesn't have parents or a unit or what have you, has to go to this othering system and hope to be accepted into a nuclear family because that's better. But time and time again, documentation and research shows that, like, yeah, this isn't really healthy or helpful for anyone. Because, like, don't get me wrong. If you're old enough to be aware and for whatever reason your parents are no longer in your life, for better or worse, that's a big deal. But if the community was there and your community doesn't necessarily have to change when your parents do, that sure seems a lot more stable to me. If you look at pre-capitalist civilizations, or even if you look at uh, like poor communities under capitalism, yeah, childcare is a more communal kind of thing. Where, like, I know it sounds stereotypical, but you have like somebody's freaking aunt or uncle or grandpa, grandma, who just, oh shit, your mom, oh no, you're okay, you're just with us now. Like, you just add them into the thing, and it's not a huge deal. If your community has uh, connections and resilience, that's that's how communities have resilience to situations like that and i mean you can't do the exact same thing with animals obviously but it's become more of a problem the more individualized our lives become the more it becomes my house is its own island nation and i do not in any way connect with my neighbors which happens the higher you go up on the income scale poor people are forced into that because they just got no fucking choice so they they, they tend to like th through desperation which isn't a way i want you to have to be collaborative but it is a way to breed collaboration in humans yeah like they <laughs> <laughs> end up taking care of each other. Yeah, they kind of end up taking care of each other's kids uh, in a way because, I mean, what the hell? You can't afford... God, daycare is basically my full income per year could take care of one three-year-old in a daycare. I like, know. That's, I know. so expensive. In our lives, uh, we know... I specifically know a couple of people who had to... Like, the economical decision was to stop working because the work plus time plus daycare costs was overall a negative compared to not working and yeah. taking care of kids. You end up spending like $300 a month to have a job. Like, what What went wrong if, for, for a place that's fetishized, oh, you gotta work, you gotta work. My conclusion <laughs> for the TTFC charity is like, I... I, I am not a I'm not a PI. I don't know. I would prefer to not ha work with that charity in the future, but it's not really my decision. Is it? <laughs> like, <laughs> I will never myself like decide to choose them as a the beneficiary of a charity that I run. Uh, I'm simply the singing dancing monkey. Decline answering or saying I don't know because you're not forced to do it. But I we played what if questions before, so like okay, what if? You go to another con that this charity is the charity at. What what would change or what do you think you would do? And like I'm going to preface for you and for myself like our answers here are in no way binding cuz we're not forced to have to make this kind of decision <laughs> yet. It just comes down to charity stunts. The only thing I have control over is what I do during my own shows. Like I said, I already, I voiced concerns to people, but like that's all you. you I, I don't have leverage over any of these organizations. I'm just like I say, I'm the singing dancing monkey who comes in. Right. And I'm like, please. Would let me have you a do any table. of your shows for? I would charity. probably less. Probably not. I would definitely not be taking 15 minutes out of my set to do goofy charity auction shits. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
But I've also rolled into, at the same time, it's just because we've been made aware of it, I've definitely rolled into cons and done charity things for, I'm like, wait, who's the charity? Like, who's the charity? Okay, so these people... (laughs) (laughs) To Uh, be frank, like I said, I am the singing, dancing monkey. You tell me the name, the acronym to say, and point the direction of the room they're in, and that's what I do. Like, that shit happens regardless of where I am. I'm not vetting the charities for other things. So I'm in a... We talk about it, you know, both as con chair for First Squared, all the various events I've staffed, the group chats I'm in... And the number one thing when a new event shows up and talks about troubles with their charity is you get you get a dozen of other convention people that go, wait, you didn't vet your charity? So, yeah. like, <laughs> it's- among con runners, the social agreement is it is the org's responsibility to vet the charity. So if you're getting any blowback, Pepper for doing charity things for something like that's technically a breach of trust between you and the convention and i would say it's overall pretty unfair for individuals to point at the singing and dancing monkey going this is somehow your fault if it was highly it was if it was concerning enough the ultimate move i could do is like i just said just not do the charity stunts and then that would go along with saying hey organizers I'm not doing charity stunts, and this is why. Like, you can put a bucket out during my... Like, I can't... St- I'm not going to fucking attack the bucket if you put one out <laughs> during the show. But, like, here are my concerns, and this is why I'm not going to be g- doing st- triple back bends to try and make sure this place gets more money. Yeah. And, and also, at the end of the day, like we said last time, the money d- will... I mean, unless they're complete crooks and just pocketing all of it, which I don't think is happening, they, they this will end up feeding some bears and tigers and and, and more boring animals also. In theory, supposedly, even if this place does have harm associated with it, it's not 100% pure harm. I guess it's a silver lining to look at it. Speaking of more unanswerable questions, sorry, let me jump back to our thing. I want to talk about the census weird tax thing. It's not even the census thing. The weird federal tax thing Trump did that now Biden is not dealing with, like so many other things. I also want to talk about the alt-right furcon uh, and how, and the idea of what outrage marketing is. Yeah. And then uh, I want to talk about the infrastructure bill. What are your topics for today before we jump into it? Uh, my topics are, you might have seen, y'all might have seen an article going around called uh, When McDonald's Came to Denmark. And what happened with that? And that's a... I'm going to read from some of this article, and we'll discuss it a little bit. It's basically about not just um, striking, but the different levels of organization and how the way to do... A lot of people tend to think strike stuff is one-to-one, as like there there is an organization or something that's doing something bad, and the people of that organization strike. And... But nothing is ever that siloed. So this goes into that and what actually happened and how the change happened. And then uh, I've got a couple other things. We can look at the Nabisco strike resolution. We also have uh, Steve Bannon failing to shut the fuck up and talking about the January 6th insurrection attempt. As well as Dan Quayle failing to shut the fuck up and what came out about... Uh, Mike Pence and Dan Quayle's discussions over how to handle unfavorable election results. All right, let me talk about my weird, my, my federal rule thing, because it is such a not, it's very quick. 
I got a thing. I got an email. I worked for the census last year. Uh, in 2020, I worked for the census uh, as like the. It, of course, it did part time because it's the only way it works. Like they hire a bunch of people to do the census, and then you're just like gone again. And you understand that from the beginning. I understood that from the beginning. I'm not like, oh, they took away my. They took my job. The census is over. I got a thing that says, hey, you owe us some money. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I owe the census money? I go and I read through, and what happened was, when COVID started, Trump did a, it's because it's only federal, it's because if you work for the census, you are a federal employee, technically, like you are paid by the federal government. Trump did a thing to help with, like you can see on paper how it's helping, but they deferred uh, social security tax from federal employees. So meaning they just, they just did not, this wasn't something you signed up for or signed off from. It just was done and you had no input in the matter. They did not uh, take away your social security bit out of your paycheck. And now they want it all. Like they want, they want me to pay what I should have been paying social security as a part of all of my paychecks now. No. So it did not eliminate, exactly. It did not eliminate things expenses in covid it just deferred them kind of like how a lot of people are getting like uh not even rentals because that would be nice mortgage help boards they don't cancel a payment they just move it to the end or if you're in a rental you eventually like when you have when you start paying you must pay for every single month you've been in there none of this rent is being forgiven it's just there's there there was past tense an eviction moratorium where you couldn't evict people but you still owed every single cent of the rent you owed it's kind of like that and a far less extreme thing and in my case i didn't make that much money off the census so they want me to give them 113 dollars and i got a letter that says the same thing let me fucking let me Send it. Send a physical mail back with. Uh, I'll pay this after billionaires pay their share. After, I'm gonna call and say, like, what you do is you just call and say, I can't afford it, and they'll be like, okay, how about this much? <laughs> or, or like, yeah, put me on a payment plan. My goal is to, because I have the kind of time and spite in my heart right. to cost them 113 dollars <laughs> to get. Pepper. That is justice. To, I need to cost them at least 113 dollars and 67 cents. Uh, in trying to get that from me before I eventually pay it. <laughs> that's, that's I the, appreciate that outlook. I'm frustrated that you have to do it at all, but I appreciate it. If you have questions, what is it? A 2020 presidential moratorium was issued uh, deferring employee payroll taxes from October to December 2020. As a result, your Social Security tax were not taken from your pay. So here's the end of this. Yes, that's a Trump thing Trump did. Biden can just say, nah, it's cool. But he doesn't, hasn't, and won't because Trump is only res- Trump is responsible for all of his shit. And when Biden does it, Trump is responsible for all of his shit. When Trump deports people, it's very bad. And when Biden deports people under the Trump laws, it's very bad because Trump, no, but not Biden, not poor Biden. It's he's just an innocent child who was put <laughs> into the presidency and he can't possibly. Like, you know what I, mean? I got to be honest like, with you. I wouldn't presume the messaging would be boo Trump in this particular case. Let's go with uh, status quo Joe. What would status quo Joe say to someone bringing up, hey, like this sucks. And he would probably monologue about how it's like, well, you know how some things are hard, but we can't undermine the system. And, you know, you can call these numbers and do this negotiation thing you're doing. But by God, you know, it's really important to pay into this. We got to keep it going. It's already in trouble. That's what I would expect. 
I would like to announce the development of an exploratory committee to <laughs> develop findings on whether or not we should ask people for this money. And then, and then, and then later once like, and then just never mention it again. <laughs> if like, if, you, if I had to actually make a prediction what they would do, I'm pretty sure that's what would be said. Like he's done about freaking, like he's done about expanding the Supreme Court. We've developed an exploratory committee to study the effects of expanding the Supreme Court. And it's like, I've studied the effects. I can tell you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been living it. It's been happening longer than we've been alive. You do it or we have a Supreme, or you, every single bit of legislation you, uh, you tell everyone that you want to get passed will not happen because it will be fought in the courts for the next 30 years. Is that, that's what happens if you don't. Or so. <laughs> it'll have been passed a long time ago. And because you know, you have a slanted court, people are finding ways to get standing to attack things like gay marriage and Roe v. Wade, which we are literally living through right now. The Democrats need our shit to get rolled back a little so they can still pretend, so they can continue to pretend to be like fighting for good because they won't make anything any better than it is right now, but they guarantee will will fight to bring it to exactly where it is right now. You know what I'm saying? Like they won't expand women's healthcare rights. They won't like make abortions free. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever or make uh actually not even fu- even even more like popular than abortions contraception or make that free they won't do that but they'll they'll make a big puffin stuff about oh we gotta fix roe versus wade and it's like well the solution is laid out in front of you why aren't you taking it <laughs> that's this the real question here between us and you know just in general the different the different levels of what to do and this is where you know, anyone who's listened or knows me, uh, leading up to the election, I very much was, of course I hate Joe Biden, I hate the Democrats, but God damn it, like, you have to stop the bleeding. Republicans actively, every time, try to roll back stuff. You at least got to get Democrats in to stop the bleeding, and, you know, they'll keep certain things from happening. I genuinely believed there were a couple of things that they would keep from happening. And I am watching it unfold right now, Roe v. Wade, and then on the chopping block is the gay marriage stuff. And the Democrats in action, or pro-status quo, is laying the groundwork for it to be taken away anyway. And I don't have any, like, reaction. I don't know what I'm doing with this information. I'm just, I'm sitting here just as a person who... I live and I participate in a society and I vote and I'm having to reconcile with the fact that the bare minimum that I thought is no longer on the table. Now what? We're doing worse off now than we were just right after the fucking New Deal. So my thing is like, if you're pay, if you're, I, if your goal is to get someone to stop bleeding and they've been trying to stop it for a hundred years and they still haven't, I'm starting to go like, wait, are you in bed with big blood or something? <laughs> like, are you, is there, do you benefit from keeping this bleeding going and just putting out rhetoric about how you're going to stop it? But then once you're given a big piece of gauze, you just go, oh, I can't possibly use this gauze, and then that repeats over and over for a hundred years. Ah. <laughs> That's well, and what's I'm the other right thing? <laughs> it's not good or bad, but what's the other thing we're witnessing for this? Texas is the extreme end of fuck it. They're doing it. They are they are literally doing it. Oh, yeah. They are attacking these things out in the open and no one is stopping them. On the other side, in Illinois, you have Pritzker, who is for the most part doing at worst a bunch of lib shit and in a lot of ways doing a bunch of progressive shit. Like, if I were to genuinely remove what I want out of gay space communism, Star Trek, and I were to look at my state's politics and what's going on there, 
there is a hell of a lot more things to be excited about, and things are happening that are tangibly, like, good. But anything past the state level, no, not really. Not, not in the same way. And so, like, my worry is, like, oh, this is states' rights, and at some point, I see I can't go to Texas Furry Fiesta because it is literally not safe to go there. This is, like, my attitude of going to certain countries where, like, if I happen to mention I'm going to suck a dick, I go to jail, even as an American. Like, I'm not going to that country. So you remember how in X-Men, eventually they divide up the country between, like, Kingpin and all these other supervillains? Yeah, that's what we got. <laughs> California and Illinois and, like, New York and that. We're like, no, see, we do good things in some states. Meanwhile, they're just funneling money to the fucking mob, literally. <laughs> yeah. But all the, like, little, all the, they'll, they'll put a nice, they'll put a rainbow flag up for you, and they'll, like, paint a sidewalk for one day and <laughs> shit. And um, it, it takes them, like, two weeks to paint the sidewalk, but let me tell exactly. you, at midnight, that shit's getting power washed. Oh, uh, we watched that video, remember? I know. <laughs> it, was like, I, it was like 1202. <laughs> it was fucking crazy. They ran in like they're like a SWAT team out of helicopters, like fucking go, go, go. <laughs> Get this shit <laughs> off the road. Uh, and in Texas, they do the the exact equivalent, but flipped, where conservatives, yeah. like they aren't even really doing what the conservatives necessarily want. They do all the symbolic shit. And there is some alternate universe where we're having this exact conversation, but flipped. <laughs> oh, like, God. well, you see, in our state, at least they're trying, like they do the symbolic trying to get rid of abortion, but they aren't really gonna like <laughs> you know what I mean? sorry for the offensive accent texans but fuck all of you uh not not because Pepper. not because of your politics not because of republican politics but because i live in arizona and texans need to get like fucking be taken down a couple of pegs here oh keep okay i up. i didn't and understand <laughs> this was a rivalry and not a boo texans because you know lip no. shit <laughs> I would never like that's <laughs> I'm trying to get very far away from just going like, oh, you're a red state. Fuck you. Because yeah. like hell, the proletariat lives in every single goddamn state. And those are the states where they are the most beat down, the yes. most ger gerrymandered. I'm not going to I'm going to cut off my rant because like this. These are things we can touch on yes. every single one of our topics. But that's I linked the uh, IRS official like ex explanation of the em deferred employment tax. What do you want? You want to go for Nabisco now or something else? Uh, the Nabisco one is short. Otherwise, we can do the longer segment when McDonald's came to Denmark. What do you think? Like, do those two, like, right in a row. Because the, yeah, like you said, it is short. Tell, what were the results? Nabisco strike. Uh, the Nabisco strike is... Let me bring up the link. As far as I understand. It's a Twitter thing with a bunch of screenshots of documentation. But so there was a Nabisco strike. Everybody heard about people like were literally dying on the floor in various Nabisco factories around the world. Nabisco, by the way, owned by Pepsi. So it's all basically the same thing. Good luck trying to buy any snack food that like at all in a boycott that doesn't somehow support either them or another company that's doing the same shit, just not on the news. So and at the end of it, what were the demands that like what concessions were made to end the strike? So like in the tweet itself, I'm just going to read the summary of it. The new agreement includes a 60 cent per hour wage increase each year for four years, and then <laughs> a $5,000 bonus for all employees, and then it blocks Mondelez's planned health care cuts. But in the tweet following up, the group that posted this, it doesn't kill their plan to implement 12-hour weekend shifts with no overtime. But that system would mostly apply to new workers who take weekend crew roles. So let's just immediately. Um, so there, the one thing that I don't know that we are being told that is potentially a propaganda thing I don't know is 
it seems the workers, like, they didn't just vote to ratify the contract and end their strike. The thing that I seem to see is they're enthusiastic about it. And I'll, I'm for the sake of this discussion, we're going to take that at face value. Because I have to imagine that it got to a point where it is a significant change to their lives. And of course, it's not gay space communism or full-on, you know, the workers own the plant and the means their their fruits of their labor and all that. But they reached an agreement that is significantly better than what they had and said, okay. But right there, the opening is, well, these people are fine. We're going to figure out ways to lay them off and get rid of them as they retire. We are not going to have any new open roles for people that are eligible for this kind of thing like they say it right there but if you sign up for that 12-hour weekend shift these are people who haven't been paid in like a month depending right right like the desperation strike, is you there. don't get paid so you're telling a person who is not, like just to make sure we all have the the forces of coercion laid out bare in front of us we have a company that has 100 of the leverage after a month of not paying their employees yeah they get a little bit hurt temporarily in that like the strike they aren't, they aren't producing as many uh fucking oreos but you are now telling starving people, hey, we're going to give you 60 cent raise. Also, if you're new, none of this shit counts. And we're going to not take away your health care, not give you more health care. We're going to not cut it. Yeah. Like this is like a bully. You're you're considering it a win because a bully has their fi their fist punched to cock you. And instead, they only slap you. And that's like, we win. What a great. <laughs> and this isn't to shit on all unions, but not all unions are necessarily good <laughs> like no they aren't necessarily like if we just took a current capitalist unions and just pasted them onto every uh profession that would not be communism that would not be socialism that would just be like oh cool it would increase worker rights short term i'm sure it'd be better than having zero unions at all but union heads when people complain about unions like all oh, these union heads getting all this money they do get paid like they, they make money they do benefit from making these deals and just because the people who are going to come out and tell you what the union thinks about something are those people they're yeah. not going to come out and be like ah we completely f like we got a deal and it sucks well they're the never going to say that the key thing you always say pepper is the way and this is a struggle i have and it's why i don't want to use the word union anymore because most of the people that need to be convinced are primed to think of it unions as most people think of them are still authoritarian top-down structures so what really when a lot of people say like oh if only was there a union intentional or not it's a shade of i wish the right people were in charge a union can definitely be used as a way to soften uh, revolutionary action and movements like it what would keep you from doing a full-on this definitely note the strike is over isn't it the strike has ended so nabisco did get what it wanted and in four years shit is essentially going to be exactly where it was before the strike as far as i understand it except for some people who managed to not get fired because they don't want to pay you more over the next four years we'll be making what two dollars and 40 more cents wow God damn, man, what a fucking victory for the working class. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, in terms of in the immediate, I'm glad that those workers are going to have a materially better time. If that employee that. who died on the line was making a $2.40 more an hour, would they be alive today? If that employee who died on the line, uh, like didn't there's no change to the healthcare their healthcare remained unchanged would they still be alive obviously not like no. 
the the problems and the solutions just seem like they're in different universes. We all identify these very specific problems about worker rights abuses, and the solution in giant air quotes is a minor raise and the promise to not fuck you over as hard like tomorrow, like in the immediate future. But later, I, you know, we're watching the it's not current, sixty cents a year uh, forever example happening in the video games industry where what is it the feds are now opening a suit or something against activision blizzard security and exchange commission the sec is and like which is only about shareholders it is not about the abuses it's about shareholder rights it is not about helping the employees who were harmed that's what the sec has the power to do i should say it's not that they're just assholes that's all they can do The violation they're going after is, hey, you didn't tell shareholders that you're a, b- a company full of rapists and that could have hurt some of their bottom line because now your stock is less valuable. That's what the SEC is talking about, which, yeah, sure. I don't really care about your fucking stock and shareholders, but yes, that is that technically is, that's true. That's the same thing as <laughs> Capone got put away for tax evasion, not the murder. I mean, none of this results in Bobby Kotick getting punched in the face over and over till the end of time, <laughs> which is what he actually deserves. Like, that's not going to happen. Worst case, Bobby Kotick gets fired and gets another giant bonus and then goes to a different company and does his shit all again. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, apart that's, from black pill shit. <laughs> that's the Nabisco one. Here's an example. When McDonald's came to Denmark, uh, let me share the link for folks to follow along. And a quick aside, edit it out if you want. Life got pretty crazy. The website stuff will still happen with the footnotes because i do want it but holy shit things have to calm down first so where let me find i'm not going to read this if whole you all thing want out to loud. give us more time to work on the show you can join our patreon at uh we are last minute politics on pal- pal- last minute politics on patreon and if suddenly for some reason we are making enough money on that patreon that it can that like that's essentially how we can materially devote more time to the thing if like yes. oh wow this this now creates enough of an income that materially i can spend this this many hours on it it will happen, which isn't to guilt trip you all for like, ah, make the show better by paying us a bunch of money. But that is like, you know, how it works. In, it's not in the our guilt trip. System. It's I hope people enjoy it such that if they are safely able to and want to put money into this thing, I appreciate that. And yes, from a fact that we live under capitalism, if I'm ever going to step away from the day job I have, certain things have to be met. <laughs> Okay, tell us about the beep. So, (laughs) here we go. When McDonald's arrived in Denmark, the labor market was governed by a set of sectoral labor agreements that established the wages and conditions for all the workers in a given sector. Under these prevailing norms, McDonald's should have adhered to the hotel and restaurant union agreement. But they didn't have to do so, legally speaking. The union agreement is not binding on sector employers in the same way that a contract is. You can't sue a company for ignoring it. It's strictly voluntary. So you're saying there's like a set of minimum standards for every single company in Denmark? as long like, And it's divided by a sector, how they are governed? Wow, crazy. And it, yeah. <laughs> uh, so McDonald's decided to not follow the union agreement and thus set up its own pay levels and work rules instead. This was a departure, not just from what Danish companies did, but even from what other similar foreign companies did. For example, Burger King, which is identical identical to McDonald's in all relevant aspects, decided to follow the union agreement when it came to Denmark a few years earlier. 
Naturally, this decision from McDonald's drew the attention of the Danish labor movement. According to the press reports, which is a link in this article, the struggle to get McDonald's to follow the hotel and restaurant workers agreement began in 1982, but the efforts were very slow at first. They maintained that it had a principled position against unions and negotiations and press overtures were unable to move them off that position. Fast forward to six years later, in late 1988 and early 1989, the unions decided enough was enough and called sympathy strikes in adjacent industries in order to cripple McDonald's operations. Sixteen different sector unions participated in sympathy strikes. Dock workers refused to unload containers that had McDonald's equipment in them. Printers refused to supply printed materials to the stores, such as menus and cups. Construction workers refused to build McDonald's stores and even stopped construction on a store that was already in progress but not yet complete. The typographers' union refused to place McDonald's advertisements in publications, which eliminated the company's print advertisement presence. Truckers refused to deliver food and beer to McDonald's. Food and beverage workers that worked at facilities that prepared food for the stores refused to work on McDonald's products. In addition to wreaking havoc on McDonald's supply chains, the unions engaged in picketing and leaflet campaigns in front of McDonald's locations, urging consumers to boycott the company. So are Danish people just better than americans like <laughs> well what? why is it like that in denmark but not like that here are Den danish people just genetically <laughs> predisposed to unite against mcdonald's you see what i'm trying to go with this yes and i mean at a surface level in the opener this is a country, an entire population, either new people who grew up with those certain agreements already in place, or as you go older, it's full of the people that fought to get them. So it's not just in isolation that they are different. The environment which they are growing up in, like that's, to a certain extent, it's, it was already there. For the sake of this article, a shit ton of groundwork was laid that is not here. You're talking about multiple unions deciding, uh, fuck McDonald's. We don't even have the multiple unions here. Like, if you if this were to happen, let's say there's a city where McDonald's isn't and they want to go there, what's the guarantee that all the infrastructure and support around it could do what happened here? I think very Talk little. Talk about Montpelier to Vermont. Montpelier, Vermont uh, rejected Walmart and a few other big chains because kind of like what you just described – enough people in the in the community were just like no if you don't want to follow these labor rules you just can't come here and like well we're not going to follow those labor rules and like then you can't come here and like we're coming anyway and then not the same shit but they aren't there now like they, they could not overcome a bunch a bunch of proles who were determined to, for them to fail yeah. and like you just said it's not because Den danish people are just born with a sense of solidarity a lot, it seems the popular view is that ideology determines your conditions. Like if you have a bunch of wrong-headed, shitty-thinking people, they will create a wrong-headed, shitty society. I think it kind of, in a lot of cases, it works the opposite, where your conditions, you end up changing the ideology to justify whatever the conditions are. Things are really bad in the U.S. for a lot of people, so the ideology is like, oh, well, if things are bad for you, it must be because, and then you get all the excuses, like, oh, they're on drugs, or they aren't working hard enough, or whatever the fuck. And if you suddenly had, con if the conditions changed where, oh, everybody has like conditions have improved for all these poor people. Like what would then happen to those claims in Denmark and in much of Europe, Germ Germans think the same kind of way. Like if you talk about the 
totally routine worker rights abuses that happen in the U.S. and you describe them to Europeans, they're like horrified. Like, what? How is that legal? Why did your government not do blah, blah, Because they grow up in a place where you're treated a certain way and that is the status quo. This isn't them doing some radical progressive shit to kick out McDonald's. This is them maintaining their status quo. Their status quo just happens to be slightly better than ours. Does that make sense? Yeah. People because came in and wanted they're, they're, to worsen their conditions, and they said no. So, like, let's let's be clear. Let's. I I, I don't know that much about the uh, social attitudes on queer rights. I'm assuming it's fine there, but I don't know. So, let's say there's a place like Denmark that has good worker solidarity because of the conditions that they came into, like that. But also, so. Like, let's say there's a place where they kicked out McDonald's, but also don't want gay marriage. Like, that's a thing that could happen. Just yeah, because they did that to connected. McDonald's does not make them good. Because I think words like good and bad end up becoming irrelevant. What I care, what I care about is, oh, did did the overall conditions for workers, like, if, are power people's lives doing? Yes. What, like, the, the, the whether or not they're good or bad people who will go to heaven or hell should be left up to, like, priests, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah, but don't even teach people that shit. That's what I mean. That's like if I if you phrase it like that, it seems ridiculous. But how much time do we spend on the internet every day de- determining who is good and who is bad? And who, hey, Pepper, who this sounds like a silent. fantastic segue into one of your topics. So everyone knows about alt right furcon. Keep. T- I'm just going to call it alt right furcon forever because everybody knows what it is. <laughs> knows, like what I mean when I say alt right furcon. Uh, we we keep do, we continue to run advertisements for them. They put out a piece of art today. It's just an image, and freaking let me pull up the tweet. But it's a, a picture of that like that cons mascots who are sitting at a, like standing by a grill, and uh, they're like it's it's a grill the grill pill meme. It's a bunch of people behind them yelling shit, and you can see in the back like the red and black communist flags, and that, yeah. that's about it. They didn't get they they were they had some restraint where they did not put. I don't think any of the characters in the back are like anyone specific characters. That Oh, I don't know about that. They and they might be. Give it time. That's what I mean. This is all. I'm sure somebody like that's that's me. They're using my character. I'm gonna sit. (laughs) No, I'm just saying as a commentary that the cognitive dissonance and pettiness that this group continually displays. That's exactly the type of shit they do. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm like from a call out or sue or whatever. I'm just saying don't presume innocence. (laughs) They know how the rest of the fandom reacts to this. We're talking about Steve Bannon. Do you? Does anyone remember what thing launched Breitbart News and Steve Bannon and Milo and all those folks into national prominence that now we have to hear about their opinions all the time on national topics, even though these are just random? Gamergate. Fucking 4chan and Gamergate are what catapulted Steve Bannon. Like the current alt-right move. Just dumb shit. I mean, that's a different meta-commentary because Steve Bannon was very specifically part of the Trump brigade and actually did end up in a position of power more than just being yes. some fucking commentator. I, like, I'm that's saying scary. his origin story, his origin story <laughs> is Gamergate. Yes. If it wasn't for Gamergate, Trump would have never heard about Steve Bannon. And if he did, he wouldn't have been like, he wouldn't have been like the fate. Everyone knows who he is now. Everyone knows who Milo is. And these are just compl- like non-legitimized random assholes with opinions. It might as well just be me. I could, should be a presidential advisor as much as fucking Steve Bannon should. Uh, so this organization, which is very small, we need to keep in mind amongst furries, 
universally condemned. Big old no. Like 90% of furries vote no in this whole thing. But we cannot, like, call out furry Twitter cannot help itself from uh, continuing to advertise for them. They always turn their comments off, so you're forced to either retweet or quote tweet. Quote tweets are usually negative because if you agreed with it and just want to show people, you would just hit retweet. The reason you quote tweet is to do a call out, is to do a dunk, is to be like, ha ha, what a bunch of assholes. So right now this tweet is sitting at 43 retweets, 124 <laughs> quote tweets. <laughs> Imagine if you took somebody's, you know, like, you know how Twitter fucks with everyone's Patreon posts and like you yeah. try to put art out and it intentionally tries to stop you. What if 124 fucking quote tweets fell on one of those, like something you actually cared and liked about and not free advertising for fucking alt-right con? You so need one, to stop. One thing, <laughs> there, there's two bits of like Twitter specific technical things I want to bring up because uh, it unfortunately is, I think, relevant. Uh, one is... In the art world, uh, quote tweets, for the most part, are bad. Uh, you see many, many, many artists that say, like, please don't quote tweet my stuff because it fucks with numbers and does different things to the algorithm that is Twitter's not beneficial algorithm to the artist. loves quote tweets. <laughs> I know that much. That's why they still exist. Like, the algorithm, if, if you get a bunch well, of no, no. quote tweets... Twitter tweet? loves quote tweets. Yes. Yeah individuals depending on what you're going for does not and i agree with you in this way a woo or alt-right con bleep that out whatever uh <laughs> alt-right con yes i do believe they specifically want it for that purpose but i'm just saying like i know a bunch of artist people out there so definitely keep that part in mind quote retweet me please do it comment <laughs> and quote retweet because twitter loves like that gets algorithmically pushed if it gets a lot of quote tweets because it's seen as engagement uh, higher form of engagement than regular retweets as far as i currently understand the current algorithm and it does change all the damn time well and the other one that you have to keep in mind i don't know if you or anyone else is really aware of this but uh the greatest feature that twitter has is you can follow someone and you don't have to fully mute them you can just turn off their retweets because there are people that push that fucking button 8,000 times an hour, and they're still my friend, and I want to see their posts and nothing else. I just don't want to see Mersuit porn. I don't <laughs> like it. <laughs> like, regular porn even is fine. Like, but, uh, I, no, no one's, I don't sit in a school anymore. I don't care what people see on my phone. Stop looking at my phone. Yeah, it's a big penis. Why are you looking at my phone? But uh, I don't want to see Mersuit porn. I just don't personally like it. So that's my turn off retweets. <laughs> thing or if you're putting like 10 sometimes a friend will just go on a fucking spree and like here's 45 different retweets of anal vor all in a row and i'm like okay <laughs> so we're gonna have to yeah we have to turn off these so retweets. from from that aspect <laughs> and visibility i don't have any numbers on the number of people that use this i don't know if furry is any different or what have you but uh the reason the quote tweet and algorithm has changed is because they did add this thing, and then all of a sudden, a lot of people like me are not seeing the shit that they that Twitter or the algorithm wants me to see. Sorry, so that was a technical aside that I don't know how many people know this or not. And everybody understands what outrage marketing is, right? I don't need to go through a whole thing. Outrage marketing. You say something mildly shitty on purpose because you know a bunch of people who disagree with you, well then quote retweet you or just retweet you or just engage with your post in general look at youtube episode titles and thumbnails for what we mean by this 
Oh yeah, absolutely. If you put you, I have YouTubers that I like and know, and they'll put up a title where I'm like, oh, this is a bait. Like <laughs> that's how you, cause that's how you get attention on YouTube. It can be used for good or evil. I am technically using outrage marketing at like conservatives, I guess. And at fucking liberals where I'll, I'll be like, ah, look at Biden fucking succeeding again. <laughs> and then people go, ah, fuck you proper. And then like, gets me fucking engagement. Um, <laughs> but I try to be using it for like, you know, non dastardly purposes. Propaganda exists and it can be used positively or negatively or however you want to take that to mean but like you got to be aware of it or at least try to train yourself to like pick it out when you can and this doesn't mean then you go harass a bunch of people how dare you retweet them don't you know you're like because that's (laughs) that's not it either in in general in public don't ever go into someone and go how are you following this person that is a private (laughs) one-on-one thing to say hey i saw you're following this don't know if you know or not very sorry to everyone, because I know it is more than zero people who have had to deal with people in their DMs telling them that following me makes them racist or whatever. Right. So I appreciate you still following me. Yeah. <laughs> or if you unfollowed me okay. to make people shut the fuck up, that's fine. I don't hate you. So I have, I wrote some notes and some general questions, so I'm just going to read off the block and then Pepper, we can figure out what we want to do with this. So, oh my God. Uh, first, the reason the call out stuff to me, like the, the, the functional thing that happened that was important for me is if I see something called a woo association, you know, they weren't always alt-right con. When I, when I legitimately first heard of them, it was, hey, there's this new con going on over here. Sure. And there are a lot of people that just go, yay, a new fur con. And I believe in the very, very important thing of keeping fashy fuckers out of furry and in general. And the nefarious thing that they do is, and this is the, this is the new skin of Nazi punks fuck off is they infiltrate. They try to pass. They try to use the openness of the group. This is documented and known. So in that regard, the call out or consequence or revealing of this isn't just people with a differing of opinions. These are the fucking Nazi furs. That is important information to get out, I believe. But I do agree with you, Pepper, that at this point, why are we still doing it? We all know about it. They're going to put out more art. Are you just going to take every diss track they do and show it to all of your friends over and over every time? Are they your, are you just their bitch now? You'll just fall directly into their plan. So Pepper, the the primary question I have for you, just in your eyes, because I want to know is what is the differences to you where call out or consequence or spreading the word, what have you, like what to you is the dividing line between where it does and does not work or where the intent isn't matching the effect. So me over and over saying, like reiterating how small of a group of people this is, this isn't me, I'm not trying to do the thing where like, just ignore the problem and it'll just disappear. Like the thing that led to our past few presidents and such as they just ignore the needs of huge groups of people and nothing will happen. This isn't that. The Nazi furs what the fuck are they going to do? They, our community has already built in such a way to reject this. Like you said, initially pointing out like, hey, just so you know, this is like a covert, this is like a psyop, duh, don't, nah. Like, that's one thing, that's fine. Also, people who understand Twitter and use it a lot know that if you just take a screenshot, say whatever you're going to say, that now no longer contributes to them getting algorithmically pushed. Twitter doesn't know what the fuck's in that picture, and they don't get alerted to the fact that it's happened. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. You can circumvent the algorithm and spread news in a way that is meant to spread news. 
I don't think if, if I want to get into it, I, I don't really care about people's motivations, but a lot of motivation of this is just Twitter encouraging you to use Twitter how Twitter wants to be used. Twitter definitely wants you to quote retweet them and say, fuck these guys. That's their favorite thing. Yes. That's Twitter's entire business model is you doing that over and over on different things you don't like. None of it changes anything. Every single human on fucking earth could quote retweet a middle finger at this post. The con is going to happen. Even if it's in a parking lot, they're going to have an event. Unless you're going to show up and literally kill them, they're going to have an event. So, so this why is are where, you spending your energy on this? Well, so now let's get into where I really want this to go because this is where it gets really interesting to me. Uh, the con is not happening at the hotel. The hotel... Oh, don't you, kill you, anyone. You've seen the post. I, it's obvious. <laughs> Keep going. You've I seen the post. I advocate shooting. And anyone. this is where some uh, conflicting things for me in terms of nuance start to show up. So, obviously, I'm happy that it's not happening at the hotel in isolation, but the reason... And the reasons why... And I don't fully know because I don't have words from the hotel specifically why... But the event was seen as toxic or harmful to their business, and they don't want to be associated. That's like the public, we're going our separate ways way of doing it. Uh, it seems to be it is because the hotel became aware of all of the unsavory things that the people running the event were saying publicly, like wanting to lynch, insert slur here. Like that's out there. Whether or not you are going to a conservatively run hotel or a hotel that doesn't give a shit about anything other than money, there are certain social norms that capital tries to enforce. We are not at the point where you can just say whatever slur you want and not have any consequences. Because this group does not, they are not participants in that level of capital. They are with the rest of us. So this event got shut down because the venue decided this isn't worth it. This event is not shut down. The venue, the er, event the has been moved. The, the keep venue said, we are not having your event because you are not worth it. You are a risk. That is, they also the, have that's generic and vague on how like an IML can get kicked out of a hotel. The same mechanism that stops things that we want to happen just stopped a thing that we didn't want to happen. Same thing. For perspective, I guarantee you that if it was like, oh, they're a bunch of, if they got the same calls, like they're a bunch of radical communists, they also would have kicked them out for the exact same reason. It's not that they, oh, these dangerous racists, we need to keep them out of here. No, it's all oh, our money. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> these are all money decisions. So it's, please don't go around blowing Marriott. And, all right. So to be clear, I'm glad <laughs> they're not having the event at that hotel. But they're how gonna it got there is a problem. Are we gonna swap the next me. hotel? Are we gonna show up and do some fake bomb threats? Are we gonna? Because there's a lot of people on Twitter who are claiming that they did that kind of shit, and that's what got them down. I I don't know if they actually did or not, but people want to claim no. responsibility for it. No, uh, the the rumors and such that I witnessed was people sent the factual. This is what this group is saying and doing to the hotel. So let's not let's let's say for the sake of this, what if? There was no lying involved, but there certainly was a bunch of people gathering telling the hotel, hey, did you know such and such? And the part that I have difficulty with is from the hotel's perspective, they're not acting on any morals. They're going, oh, this is pissing off a lot of people, and this is going to negatively affect our money. 
Which is what all of these decisions are based on. So, like, that we are, quote-unquote, morally right, to me, probably had no bearing in this decision. And that worries me. I think you agree. I don't know where to go from here. Well, it's for, it just comes down to, like, what, like, it's like I'm saying, what are you going to do? This, is, this isn't a government. This isn't, like, a thing on YouTube that you can get YouTube to ban. There is no manager of Awu, of fucking Alt-Right Furcon, that you can call to shut it down. Yeah. It's like if you tried to shut down a party at my own house run by me, the party will happen. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yes. <laughs> like, but this, all right, this, well, we're so used to trying a... to get people in institutional trouble. The whole, ca- I, I hate to say the word cancel culture because it makes everybody immediately stop listening to me. But the end goal, the, way, the, the mechanisms of action within canceling someone is that you call a manager and then they deal with it or they get fired. You cannot get this con fired. You cannot get this. There is no manager to call. And at some point, like, why are we spending this much energy? We all know. We all know what it is. We all know we shouldn't go. You can do a more, you can keep doing screen, like ways that don't benefit them algorithmically to continue to spread that news. But are we going to show up to the con with guns? Because that is the literal only way to stop this event from happening. And I don't understand refusing to accept that on a lot of people's No, I, I'm, I'm in agreement with what you. What do you do? Spend your whole life? Like, like, that's what they do. They spend their whole life freaking out and obsessing over, like, oh, the libs, blah, blah. Are we just going to do the exact same thing? Oh, the conservatives are having a fur con. Like, what are you going to do? No, like, my <laughs> attitude is, oh, the, the Nazi furs are trying to do an event again. Make sure people know what it is so they're aware. All right, they're aware. I'm moving on. God, I can't get a fucking table at a con, but people have enough time to call a hotel 9,000 times to try and get a, a con that has has yet to happen and we'll probably have 50 attendees. Ah, it's definitely the, the priority that we all need to fucking spend our time on. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Ah, well, I see this as like a, like, at, like you say, at the beginning, informative, great. Tell people about the thing, spread the news, awesome. At what point are you like fucking obsessing over a thing just to, to feel like you have power over something? Okay. That's what this really is. I, I have we don't to have power at over least anything. Say, like, because <laughs> I retweeted someone else's quote tweet of that picture, and then I'm sitting there going like, okay, am I a hypocrite? And a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but the only defense I have to say is there is one more thing in that picture if you look carefully, and it is the greatest subtle jab, and I fucking love it because it's so juvenile. Notice how the two of them in front of the grill, there is this sunshine part and all of the awful people that don't like Nazis. (laughs) There's rain. It is literally raining on their barbecue. Yeah, stop. (laughs) Good vibes only. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That should be the appropriate reaction is we all laugh at this picture and then we go on with our lives. (laughs) Right. The other things I have left is, like, Steve Bann admits to helping the January 6th insurrection attempt, and, like, I don't want to go... I don't have much to say on it other than, like, I don't give a shit about Steve Bannon himself. I we care all have to about hear every things. one of his opinions, though, forever. Just like we're about to have to hear Andy No's opinion on fucking everything. Because that's not that. asshole. My, my is issue on everything is now. Steve Bannon is 
literally admitting to things that the Dems and courts should be acting on and they're not. I don't give a shit that it's Steve Bannon or that I have to hear from him. I'm aware of how that, po- that, how that media system works. I moved on past that. We're like, people are saying up front, it's similar to, uh, I expected the Democrats to do more once in office. I, this is a similar shade of, well, if you say you're doing an overthrow, you go to jail, right? We have that congressperson who is currently like very credibly indicted on child trafficking. He is never leaving Congress. Like there will never be a time when what the fuck's his name? He's like he's the young guy. I don't remember his name. He will never be kicked out of Congress for that. At the at the least, it'll be when his political career is over. He might then have to deal with it. Trump admitted to crimes for the last fifty years on tape all the time. Nothing is happening to him. Yeah, they are members of the upper class. They will not receive the same rule set that we do. Ever. And that's why I see, well, going back, that's why I think it's kind of fucking pointless to put any hope in the Democrats of changing any of these things if that's what you want to happen. If your goal is process, is like consequences for all of these horrible crimes that have like directly hurt so many people, that's not going to happen through no. electing the Democrats. Like, you have a much better chance of an angry mob strangling Steve Bannon than you ever have of a single fucking subpoena getting sent his way. Yeah. And I'm not advocating strangling Steve Bannon in the streets. Throw a milkshake at him, though. Throw 50. <laughs> Throw, put a rock <laughs> in the milkshake. I don't give a fuck. Throw a cement mixer at him. Take that however you want. <laughs> in Minecraft. Uh, do we want to do the last one of Dan Quayle and Pence or no? The thing I had was talking about the... Well, we got that, or we can briefly talk about the infrastructure bill. Infrastructure bill. Do it. Go. Half of this information will be irrelevant soon because things change every day. But there was news about the infrastructure bill that we keep talking about. The $3 billion one that doesn't have any... That is that the one that has the good... No, that's the one that does not have anything that actually helps anybody. It has a lot of fo- uh, fossil fuel subsidies and like a bunch of shit that's like dressed up as green energy but isn't. And it uh, was co-written by a bunch of fossil fuel companies. So great, they'll all get paid. There was funding, uh, $1 billion in funding. And to put in perspective, this is a multi-trillion dollar bill. So this is less than 1%. Uh, $1 billion going towards is the Israeli Iron Dome missile defense shit, which is another way to say whenever the Palestinians throw a rocket us, we will uh, destroy a building with a missile. Yep. <laughs> That's what the Iron Dome does. And kill a bunch of civilians and then once they're dead, we'll call them enemy combatants because we also like Obama. <laughs> so that funding was stripped out after per- certain progressive Democrats uh, made a stink and said, we're not going to vote for it unless you take this out. So they did. And this is another like if this is like the bully punching you 99 times instead of a hundred, and then you call it a victory. They didn't do a good thing. They just removed some funding for like warmongering bullshit for Imperial and crazy right-wing imperialism going on, uh, in Israel. And remember the reason Israel, the Israel Palestine conflict, the reason anybody gives a shit in Palestine is Israel is actively moving into Palestinian homes, kicking them out with the military and marching in an Israeli family. Like that's why people are mad. It's and not just that's oh, not religion. E- well, <laughs> that's that's part of the reason. The also excessive, like it would still be bad if they were doing it quote unquote civilly, but they are murdering and torturing people because they can while doing it. 
because they want them to move so they can take their territory. <laughs> like, they want to make it so miserable that, I don't know, that's the same kind of thing. What the fuck is Israel going to do? Walk in and kill every single Palestinian? And Israel says, we're working on it. Like, yes. that's the strategy. Nakedly. Like, they are trying to cancel Palestine. They, they, they have made a judgment that said if they were to do what they really wanted, then the world might actually go, hey, you got to like that's have some veneer of what you're doing here. Soften that genocide enough that we can pretend it isn't happening and then continue. Yeah, that's how I view it. Shit, now I'm sad. Huh. So that that came out, which is not which I want to not frame as like it gets framed as like a victory over the Republican agenda. Zero Republicans were going to vote for that bill with that funding in it, and after yeah. it has been taken out, zero Republicans are going to vote for it. So what change has happened other than like, some Democrats bullying some other Democrats into taking out again less than one percent of the money in a big ass bill? I, uh, I will I will be more positive about it if those Democrats continue to keep fighting. Like, if this is the pebble in some kind of, hey, actually, you know, progressive wave, great, but I'm not going to hold my breath. This same bill has already been called, like, the parliamentarians, like, oh, you can't do it unless you get rid of the filibuster, and they're not gonna. So that's why I, they say, like, oh, this doesn't really matter as a conversation, because it's going to be a whole lot of, like, oh, rah, 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 we need to do this, we need to do that. And then, oh, we aren't going to remove the filibuster, though, so actually we're going to do nothing. <laughs> and that's what is going to happen. Yeah. I, I don't really have much to add on that one. I, I'm with you. Reminding people of what they already know. Until the filibuster goes away, literally none of Biden's supposed agenda, which I call that because... Oh, there's like a point I wanted to get to. So I don't want to get into... The, this is like a whole topic for another day. But talking about uh, the, the effectiveness of, of electoralism and how I was talking about... Oh, we, yes, we. the idea is you vote for the Democrats to stop the bleeding, but they have been standing there with gauze for, almost a, for more than a century, actually. <laughs> uh, if you count like just neoliberal capitalism and like consider them basically on the same side because... I do. They've been standing there for 150 plus years, not stopping any bleeding. Remember, you know how the Republicans can kind of just get shit done whenever they want because yeah. they can just ignore procedure and do things? Yeah, the Democrats have that exact same power because it's not like something in the Constitution says Republicans can do whatever they want and Democrats can't. And I, at this point, after that 100 years of nothing happening, any of this fucking hand-wringing, oh, we can't because XYZ is, I say, pure horse shit. Because as much bad things can just manifest into existence seemingly without following any rules or constitutionality, good things can also manifest. Like, if we're talking about things, like, I, I heard somebody, I'm talking about, I watched a Steve Shives video talking about packing the court before this, and he's very reasonable. I'm not shooting on him. But he talks about, oh, we need to get the will of the people behind this so it happens nine how many people want medicare for all it doesn't happen how many people wanted net neutrality gone that was like 90 some percent of the population so like at any point the government could decide to start following the quote the will of the people and they don't and they haven't and there's examples of this dating back every generation like as far back as the existence of the country the the, the biggest times when things move is when the people physically band together and do stuff Great Depression is what took what we have now, and not even really the Great Depression, World War II happening to coincide right with the Great Depression, and us having, and the fact that we need to suddenly get a bunch of, like, weapons built, and oh crap, we have an awesome jobs program now that we have to build all these tanks. Like, it's... <laughs> it's, it is, it, it does not, 
leave me that a lot of the like the more liberal policies that like they're not perfect for me, but I'd rather have them than not were all enacted in service of yes, it obviously was good to make sure the Nazis could not keep doing what they were doing. But you have appeasement laying the groundwork for it, so our inaction cost how many lives? And like, yeah, we had to ramp up, and the way wars were fought back then necessitated a lot of those things. We don't have the ability... It took a lot more buy-in to do that, because automation and tech is, is not where it's at today. So in those ways, I understand. But like, there's still this weird... I don't want to call it fetish, but like, in a way it kind of is. These rose-colored glasses that... Overall, World War II was good for us. And, like, I, that's such a sick, sick outlook. And if you put yourself... And that is that is going off of the official narrative that we are told now, like, years and years later. If you just stuck yourself in the middle of the 40s and just, like... We're do, and we had, like, all the shit we have now, like, opinion polls and all that. Uh, stopping the Nazis wasn't really a priority. We had, like, we were definitely wanted to fuck with the Japanese, but that was kind of like territorial because we wanted these specific, like it's still imperialist nonsense is the actual motivating factor yes. for all these things stated explicitly too. This isn't like me inferring. If you go back and like, look at the documents, how did the president talk? how did the generals talk? What were the stated goals at the time? Yeah. Saving all the Jews was not one. Everyone knows the story of how a big ocean liner full of Jews showed up and were like, go to hell. And then they all got sent back to Europe. Like that's, that yeah. happened. And we can't just fucking pretend it didn't. What's happening when with I, the... Uh, what is it? The Haiti refugees right now? Haitians! Haiti has been so fucked for so long, and there's like thousands of Haitians under a Texas bridge, and Biden, Joseph Robinette Biden, the Democrat savior who we all voted for to stop horrible deportations and to like fix the border, cr border crisis, let people in. That's what the border crisis is. Let people in, give them a fucking house. Uh, he's deporting them under Trump rules. Trump did thing 2020 COVID. Ah, oh, we can just deport people for anything. And Biden says Trump is evil, bad, racist, the devil incarnate. But also I'm going to use his deport anyone for any reason policy because it's convenient and I like it. And so does our base. The So does like the democratic machine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, uh, I, they can do whatever they want whenever they want what they are doing right now. Now is exactly what they want to do. If they wanted to fix things, they would fix them. And that doesn't mean that you're an asshole for voting. I want to, we got to kind of separate what I am like prescribing to an individual and individual actions and like society. I think voting does not work for society, but I don't want to go to every individual American and be like, stop voting, you idiot. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not where I'm going for either. No, can there I, can I rephrase what you're going for? You because I think I finally yeah, understand it. Because, you know, whatever, both in the chat and however many episodes ago, where it was kind of Zanny and I versus you on this topic. And I have thought long and hard about why I acted and said the things I did. And voting is deeply ingrained American. I am not going like. to, I personally am not going to stop voting. It, and I do genuinely believe, like, local stuff, being here in Chicago, your alderman can make a difference. And those. Votes, like, those vote margins are narrow. Lo voting for your local school board stuff is the difference between your school is fine and is a school and a book burner is in charge. That has, like, tangible, immediate effects to that small community. I very much believe in those things. But the higher up you go, the worse it gets. So I think, Pepper, the part that I have internalized, both from our various discussions and from what I've seen, is the energy and where it gets directed is the core problem. Because I was a 
it, I'm not like a burnt to a crisp Bernie bro. I wanted Bernie, and then I'm like, all right, well, it's not going to be Bernie because that was sabotage. So fine, I guess Biden. And use the entire primary to remove a choice from us. And there was a lot of energy around Bernie Sanders. And you can't discount what happens to people when they have their hope taken away. Vote damn, baby. So no matter who. All of those, like, a lot of the people in general that wanted Bernie Sanders, I'm not saying they're good, I'm not saying they're bad, but a lot of people seem to get fired up over, yeah, the millionaires and billionaires aren't paying their share, we're suffering for it, we like this, we want to do something about this. And all of that energy was cut off at the knees, and then it's done. Be, like, BLM and Bernie going away, like, happened, what has changed? <laughs> Where's that energy? What? What? It, why did we go this summer without more protests? None of the things that murdered George Floyd have been addressed. Why'd the strike end? None of the Nabisco complaints were really addressed. They gave them some more money, which is better than not giving them more money. But what really changed? What of the core problem has been solved or even like touched on? So it doesn't happen. I I am with you on the uh, I am going to be a lot more sensitive to where I think energy is being directed. I don't have answers. All I know is I understand where you're coming from and where others are coming from. And from my own experience of I just don't have like I had that energy, right? We had that energy where, holy shit, there's there's a chance of Bernie happening. Like, it, I don't know. It got in my brain. I can't deny it. It's how I felt. And the ability to imagine in my lifetime that certain things might actually get better. And that was systematically attacked and taken away. And there is just, there is this absence You were called right a now. dick for even wanting that. You are a despicable for even dreaming about that. You cost Hillary the election, you fuck. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, I'm, I've never been silent on that topic. Anyone who has dared suggest that, I get angry real quick. <laughs> Fuck that. That was you the Democratic machine's <laughs> election to lose. I heard that exact same shit last week. I heard people go, oh, what, what was it that sent off the like, well, thanks. Bur-? There was like a whole thing on Twitter oh, where people were like, God. Kamala Harris is amazing and Bernie Sanders is the reason that anything is bad. What? <laughs> like, uh, anyway. I don't remember what it was about. I think it was in Afghanistan. I think it was the initial Afghanistan pullout. They're like, see, if we wouldn't have, if we would have got Hillary. And I'm like, what year is it? Are we really going to talk about 2016 till the end of time while the Republicans do whatever they want and the Democrats pretend that they also couldn't just do whatever they want? That's the part that drives me nuts. To- like, oh, well, but if Hillary, I'm like, yes, but the Dems have control now. Biden is there now. That whole orchestrated system is there now. Ah! <laughs> Biden and Hillary are like the same person policy-wise. We have Hillary right now. There she is. Like, <laughs> same policy, same ideas, supports the same shit. This has been Last Minute Politics. Uh, if you want to support us, please go to <laughs> patreon.com, find Last Minute Politics, give us $1 a month. You can listen to these nonsenses live. We're also doing a thing called Bible Study which is not about the Bible at all. We read uh, Marxist literature and then talk about it. We're about to jump into, I say jump into, these are all like essays. They're very short. That's what makes it fun. Uh, Frederick Engels's socialism, scientific and utopian because God damn, is it just more relevant every day? Uh, yeah. Uh, I have, I got to really participate in only the first one. The second one, I had too much work shit going on, but uh, I really enjoy it. 
Uh, if you want to join us and read out loud and discuss, I find it very valuable. Also, if you have ever... It's what I wish school was, truthfully. Like, Pepper, this is what... It's happened twice, and this is some of the most fun I've had, like, studying a nonfiction text. I am 35 years old, and I am having fun reading Marx and discussing it with y'all and sitting there as a group going, hey, this was this was in 1850. What did that mean then? What's the context? Like, and what, how what relevant are... it is. I enjoy it. I greatly enjoy it. It feels like they're writing from 1800 about 2021. And it's that's why it's fun to read. Oh. Well, thank you very much. I have been Pepper Coyote. I have been Dragor. Bye! Bye.